If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com Registered Training Organisation 31352 Today we're going to talk to Kiri De Jong, who really specialises in coaching people with anxiety, depression, Asperger's, and does a lot of groundwork to help people through this groundwork with horses. And we're going to talk to her today about that. How are you, Kiri? I'm good, thank you, Jonas. How are you? Good, good. Kiri, we normally start off with a favourite quote, you know, sort of yeah. often tells us about people before we even start. What have you got for us? So one of my favourite quotes is, by doing what you love, you inspire and awaken the hearts of others. Although I am a competitive rider, I think in my coaching and stuff, I've, I'm not a very competitive person in myself, but I've always loved um, being able to share my passion and my knowledge with others and seeing my clients go out and improve um, and achieve challenges that they have set for themselves um, is probably one of the most important things for me. So that's why I say by doing what you love, you inspire and awaken the hearts of others. It's all about helping others as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. And and it's amazing because, you know, you can be proud winning a gold medal, but you can be proud just teaching that beginner rider and all of a sudden they, they've been confident enough to canter or something like that, you know. Yeah, that's, exactly. You know, seeing that smile. Yeah, yeah. You know, Forces of achievement, that's what's worth it. Yeah, certainly a lot of golden moments around when we've got horses. Yes. Yeah. Kerry, tell us about, first of all, if you've got an early memory where you might have been learning a lesson for you? Yeah, um, probably if we're talking in a horse sense, I mean, my parents were very non-horsey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've always had to fight for my, my passion with horses. I'm just trying to think. So we're talking more about how I started with horses myself. Well, or... sometimes you can learn something early. You know, I can remember a lesson that I learned. Um, my grandfather was a horse person and one time I had my pony in the backyard and I, I thought it looked really cool to leave a horse with a halter on, you know, and he said to yeah. me, uh, you shouldn't leave, you know, if you leave horses with halters on. And he said it sort of as he as he walked out and he was just leaving. As you, If you leave horses with halters on, they can get hooked up. And I just thought, oh, yeah. Didn't think anything of it. Didn't think my grandfather had been around with horses, you know, for quite a lot longer than what I had. And then about half an hour later, the horse was just got his halter caught up in a tap where he was, you know, getting a drink of water from the bucket underneath it. 
pull the whole tap out. There was water everywhere. It was you know, just spurting it oh, all in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. So I really learned a lesson. And, and to make it worse, my brother, who put the tap in, refused to put another tap in. And I had to go all the way. If I ever brought my horse home and put him, you know, just there in the yard, I had to go all the way into the laundry and lift up heavy water buckets. And every time I did, I thought, I don't think I'm going to leave the halter on a horse anymore, you know. So that was one of my early lessons. So I thought you might have an early one, uh, you know, one from that. Oh, definitely. I probably think back to um, when I was only about 12 or 13 and I was living in Europe Um, and I was working at an Arabian stud farm at the time. Um, Obviously, I didn't have my own horse, so I would go out and I would muck out stables and, in you know, return for being able to have a ride. Um, and I remember I was working with a particularly difficult horse called Polisi and I got angry with her. And I remember just being really angry and finishing the session and seeing her all sweaty and stressed and going, I don't want to ever do that again. I don't want to see, you know, take anger out on a horse ever again. Mm-hmm. And not that I did anything bad like I look back and I go you know I didn't hurt her in any way um I think that really was an eye-opener for me on wanting to learn and understand horses body language and how horses are thinking Mm. um and that's I think where my passion of groundwork started yep yep and that also then flows over to my clients and you know really being able to teach people Although we say horses don't talk, they do if you listen. Yeah. yeah um, and teaching people to understand what they're actually telling us. Mm, mm. What got you into this? You know, the anxiety, the depression, the aspergis, um, you know, and the groundwork and putting it all together. How did that start? Um, you know, because I think your background's more show jumping, isn't it, rather than yeah, this? It is. Yeah. Um, the show jumping passion started when I got a book um, from a Dutch show jumper called Pete Rymarkers when I was younger, and I remember reading that from front to back. But how many times did you read it from front to back? Oh, probably a hundred. <laughs> I was going to say when, when you've got those books, you really like you know you just you almost use them as a reference book. You keep going it back was over the book them. That came yeah. on every holiday trip, yes. you know, wherever yeah. we went, it yeah. came with me. Um, but I think over the years, being a person who who suffers from anxiety and PTSD myself, um, I really found that horses were my safe zone and mm-hmm. my my calm area. Um, I love coaching because I can get out and I can coach and my mind is settled. Everything is calm. And I started realizing that even in the show jumping, you know, I I put a lot of this stuff into practice and helping my clients. Um, It was an area that I understood um, to, and an area that even though I could follow my passion in show jumping, I could still be out there helping people who maybe would get dismissed, I suppose, in the mainstream because they're not super competitive because of their anxiety and Mm -hmm. depression issues, but still want to be out there and enjoy and love their horses. And it's amazing when you start listening to those people and helping them um, how far they can actually go. Yep, yep, yep. And what about um, for a coach, you know, yourself as a coach who really specialises in that because everyone's got a different style as their coach. 
you know, and some coaches are very assertive and, and good on them because that's what they're doing and some are very strict because, you know, good on them, that's the way they, they do it. You know, everyone's got different personalities, different types, yeah. but to work with the types of people that you work with, what sort of skills do you need? Um, understanding, for mm-hmm. one. Um, it's very important to listen. I think also being able to understand when, let's say, a person is having maybe a panic attack and you can't actually push them that day compared to another day where they might be a little bit nervous, but you can actually push them mm-hmm. out of their comfort zone a bit and, and still be in the safe place. I think being able to adjust your coaching style to what different people need is a big thing. I I find I've watched a couple of coaches over the years and I kind of think, oh, you know, they could have said that just slightly differently and that person would have understood the exercise better or maybe been able to cope a bit better. So I think that adjustability of being able to read and understand people as well as horses is is a big component. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. What's the best thing then about working with these people? And the horses, seeing, of course, yeah, yeah <laughs> the combination. Well, seeing the horses, horses relax mm. and seeing the people smile, um, feeling that sense of achievement when they've achieved something that they didn't believe that they could do. Um, seeing the horses go out and you know be relaxed in an atmosphere that might have been challenging for them before. Okay. Um, all those small senses and steps of achievement. Mm. Mm. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Have you got a case study or someone that you'd like to use as an example of, you know, where they've come from this to that? Um, I could probably talk a little bit about myself and my own horse. Oh, okay, yep. Uh, (laughs) I've had my horse for about five years now, Alfie, and when I first got him, he was – super high anxiety horse um it actually took me about three days to get in a yard with him initially and I did two years of groundwork with him um just getting him to learn to be able to cope and and be calm and before I took him out and competed and I've been out competing him for the last and have had so many people say how amazing his temperament is and what a wonderful horse he is and Mm. just uh, two weeks ago he um, took one of my clients around a lesson because her horse was being quite a handful and I said, oh, we'll hop on him and he just trotted around a 60-centimetre course with her. That's good. Seeing that, that just made it for me, like knowing 
that that horse who used to be so high anxiety is now so chilled out and happy with the world. Um, but then also for me, you know, going through all the, the struggles that I went with him and my own struggles being there and just seeing seeing that was just pure joy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's not just the horse's struggles. If you can, can relate it to your own struggles as well, where the horse reflects That's on it. you, you reflect on the horse. Yeah, yeah, and horses um, horses teach us a lot because they live in the present moment. Yep, and I think if we can learn to to read what the horses are saying in that moment, um, we can learn to understand a lot more about them and ourselves. I think often they they're a great teacher of of who we are. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Some of the signs of you know, if you're out competing, and sometimes people if they are competing. Sometimes they just need that extra little bit of time. But if someone does have depression or anxiety or something and they're out competing, what can we do as fellow competitors to just give that person a bit more room? And what sort of signs are they going to show so that we even know to give them a bit more room? That's actually a very good question because I think those symptoms vary per person. Everybody's got their own their own journey within those illnesses, so to speak. And some people you'll see it very, very clearly. They'll be shaking. They might be crying before they go in their class. They might be getting frustrated with their horse when, you know, really there's no need to be getting frustrated with their horse. Um, and often just talking to those people in a calm, relaxed voice and just saying, you know, just, just tell me how you're feeling. Like you're going to go into this class. Let's visualize your class and let's visualize it, how you're going to jump it, how you're going to ride your corners and feel that amazing feeling of you flying over the jumps. So remember how that felt at the last lesson. Um, then there's other people who you might not see it at all because mm-hmm. um, they hide it very, very well. Um, but they might, you never know, they might not have slept at all the night before or been up vomiting from anxiety the night before. Um, so I think it's it's just about being aware of the people around you and, and being team players and, and, you know, supporting each other in the best way we can because sometimes it's not as obvious to the eye as what you think it might be. Yep, yep. What about with people... The challenges they might have just as horse owners, you know, is there a challenge there that they have to watch that they don't lose it, that they don't lose their temper, lose their confidence, something with the horse, or is it that safe that zone that they find their horses in that it really is better for them to have a horse rather than not? Yeah, that's a very good question. So, again, that can vary per person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some people it might be challenging just to, to get up and go and get to their horse, you yep. know, and, and that might be their challenge for the day. Um, for other people, it might be um, sitting on the horse. I know for me personally, when I get around my horses or when I'm coaching, that is a very much a comfortable zone for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I find my centre of calm there. But sometimes just getting up and going to somewhere, the anxiety can be quite overwhelming. But you know that on the other end, once you actually get there, you're going to be okay. Um, so it's about, I think it's about people learning to to understand what their feelings are and when they're feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the hardest things is stepping inside yourself. So if you get frustrated with your horse, actually take a step back, take a breath and go, hang on, is this me panicking? 
is this me reacting to something that the horse has done or overreacting to something the horse has done? Um, what is actually going on here internally? And as I said, that varies per person. So it's really about just taking that breath, taking a step back and trying to observe what you're feeling in yourself and why. Yep. And then quite often you can then start to understand what you need to do to fix that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you find your students? Is it word of mouth or referrals or another way? Um, I think most of my students have actually come through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people have enjoyed their lessons with me, have had a connection with me, um, and then they've referred me on to a friend who, you know, may be experiencing some problems with their horse or, or with themselves. I mean, in no means do I do the equine-assisted therapy along those lines, um, but I can definitely help people in their their general riding, their competing and, and their mindset in those areas. So... Yeah, most of my people have just come through word of mouth and, and catching up and, and seeing if we get along and, and where they need help and if I can help them in those areas. Okay, and, and do you have like, I'm thinking groundwork here, do you have like a series of exercises you go through or a specific steps training program or what do you work with in particular with the groundwork? What are you looking for as an end result? Yeah, um, so I often follow um, a guy called Warwick Schiller. I use a lot of his work in my, my groundwork. Yep. Um, but again, I think quite often what I will do is I will go out and I'll do a couple of sessions of groundwork with the horse itself to find out what the problems are, you know, where there might be some, some loopholes, um, and then do some work with the horse to train at the responses that I want it to have. And then I'll actually get the owner to come in and work with the horse as well because quite often I find not only is it retraining the horse, we also have to retrain the owner and sometimes, you know, their reactions or actions to the horse too. So (laughs) I find it very important to put the two together. And, again, that varies per a person's um, own kind of mental state, um, their own beliefs. A horse may, you know, their own temperament as well. It's really about seeing both of them and bringing them together in a way that they can learn to understand each other. Okay. And what about riding? Is there a particular riding fault that keeps creeping in or a group of riding faults that keep creeping in? Yeah, definitely. Um, One of the big ones is obviously tension throughout the rider's body. A lot of us aren't aware of where we hold tension in our body. And horses will pick up tension very, very quickly. Um, So, again, it's about learning. I call them body scans, learning to understand where we are tense in our bodies, where we are tight, where we might be feeling anxious or nauseous or or pain, um, and learning to, to breathe through those areas and release and relax your body so that you can actually move as one with the horse. Mm-hmm. And again, that might start just with one step, which is just taking a breath in and thinking about your shoulders. And then the next time you hop on the horse, take a breath in, think about your shoulders and your elbows. And and teach yourself every time when you hop on the horse for the first maybe five minutes to just do a body scan and, and learn to feel where you might be tired or where you might, you're, you're loose or 
or what's going on that day because that can vary day by day as well. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Is there a book or something else that you can refer people to? Yeah, I'm not much of a reader myself. Um, I would suggest to people, and, and one of the reasons I struggle with reading is because of my anxiety and that I struggle sitting down and concentrating for, for a long period of time and taking it in. Um, but personally for me, one of the things that has worked, um, I worked with Tammy Mitten for a while who was a fantastic mindset coach. Um, I've watched YouTube videos of Warwick Schiller um, I've gone to clinics when those people are, are nearby and sitting on the sidelines as a fence sitter and, and just watching and observing. Um, they're the ways that I, I've learned. Mm-hmm. So uh, my biggest suggestion would be to to go out there and, and learn what your learning style is. For some people it's reading a book, for some people it's watching a video, for other people it might be hands-on. And, and learn how you best learn and then put that into practice. Yeah, um, yeah, good. So, So what are you looking forward to now? I've just completed my level one um, <laughs> for my EA coaching and my next goal is going to be the level two. Okay. Um, okay. Right when I started coaching, that was uh, my goal. I am looking forward to spending some time over the next 12 months on my own personal riding goals um, and getting out and competing a little bit more with Elfie. And, yeah, definitely doing some camps and clinics um, and just branching out on my coaching and, and just, yeah, seeing seeing how it goes. Good, good. Seeing where it takes me. Good, good. Now, your philosophy with horses and teaching people, do you want to just sum up a little bit into a message, what we've been talking about today? Yeah, so I think it's kind of coming back to that kind of, you know, doing what you, what you love and... Mm-hmm. and that kind of awakening in the hearts of others is stick true to, you know, your your beliefs and your passions and learn to, I suppose be one with, listen to your horse, be one with your horse, listen to your horse, whether you are doing dressage or show jumping or you're just a trail rider. Um, I say just a trail rider, but, you know, just enjoying yourself in whatever that you're doing. Um, there's a lot of areas where you might kind of say, oh, I'd really like to improve in that area and go out and seek people that are like-minded. Um, I'm a true believer of if you're doing what you love, people that love the same things will surround you. Yep. So, yep. you know, really stick, stick true to yourself but always um, be open and, and willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Kiri, if people would like to contact you, what's the best way? Yes, so they can contact me on my Facebook page, which is um, KDJ Equine, um, or by phone, which is uh, 0429-030-682. And I'm happy to talk with anybody about any questions that they may have. Brilliant. And those details will be on horsechats.com slash Kiri DeJong, or just go to horsechats.com, search for Kiri, K-Y-R-I-E, and you'll find Kiri's details on there. So, Kiri, thank you for coming. We'll, um, we You're hope to catch ca- oh, Well, hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. 
you know, just I'm sure you've got lots of uh, more information you could uh, be able to give us, lots more tips, lots more strategies to um, to work with different people and also to deal with anxiety, depression, asperges and um, other ways of, I suppose, be, being a bit different where horses can help because I think horses are, really can be a great complement to our lifestyle, to us. Definitely. 100% agree. Yep. All right, Kiri, thank you for talking. Bye-bye. Thank you, Gona. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below. 